0: We were talking earlier about Senator Rand Paul and this uh, the Senate passing this foreign aid bill, billions of dollars for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, and in, you know some conservative senators uh, senators who were trying to stop it. So it did pass earlier this morning, and House Speaker Mike Johnson last night released this statement reacting to this, and he said that the Senate bill failed to meet the moment, he said. The statement says, House of Republicans were uh, crystal clear from the very beginning of discussions that any so-called national security supplemental legislation must recognize that national security begins at our own border. The House acted 10 months ago to help enact transformative policy change by passing the Secure Our Border Act. And since then, including today, the Senate has failed to meet the moment. Senate did the right thing last week by rejecting the Ukraine, Taiwan, Gaza, Israel immigration legislation due to its insufficient border provisions. And it should have gone back to the drawing board to amend the current bill to include real border security provisions that would actually help the ongoing or help end the ongoing catastrophe. And he said, instead, the Senate's foreign aid bill was silent on the most pressing issue facing our country. The mandate of national security supplemental legislation was to secure America's own border before sending additional foreign aid around the world. It's what the American people demand and deserve. Now in the absence of having received any single border policy change from the Senate, the House will have to continue to work its own will on these important matters. He said America deserves better than the Senate's status quo. I wanted to share that statement by Speaker Mike Johnson um, calling out what the Senate did, as uh, many of you did earlier this morning. Some of the other big stories that I want to touch on while we've got time this morning. Donald Trump has uh, requested that the U.S. Supreme Court block a ruling from the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Remember, this is the, was the decision last week that Trump does not have presidential immunity in the January 6th cases, and the court wrote that any executive immunity, immunity that may have protected Trump while he served as president no longer protects him against this prosecution so Donald Trump now is appealing to the U.S. Supreme Court on this, on this issue. So that's in addition then to other cases um, that he is, you know, you've got these states that are trying to disqualify him from the ballot. Colorado, the Colorado case. So this would be in addition. Now, he's hoping the U.S. Supreme Court will take up the issue. In addition to the Colorado case, which the Supreme Court has already heard. We talked about that at length last week. So that's breaking news. Now, as we talk about the Trump case in Georgia and the district attorney in Georgia, Fannie Willis, a Georgia state judge, yesterday confirmed that he will he will hold an evidentiary hearing coming up this Thursday over allegations that she was involved in an improper affair. So Willis has previously admitted, yes, she had a personal relationship with Nathan Wade, but she uh, denied that there was any conflict of interest. And she asked the court to cancel the evidentiary hearing. Well, the judge has refused to do so. The judge said in the hearing yesterday, I'm studying the law that's been filed up to this point. I think it's clear that disqualification can occur. If evidence is produced demonstrating an actual conflict or the appearance of one, and the filings submitted on this issue so far have presented a conflict in the evidence that can't be resolved as a matter of law. So the judge said, specifically looking at the defendant's motion, this is Michael Roman, I think, who brought this case, I think it's Michael Roman. It alleges a personal relationship that resulted in a financial benefit to the district attorney. And that is no longer a matter of complete speculation. The state has admitted a relationship existed. And so what remains to be proven is the existence and extent of any financial benefit, the judge said. So because I think it's possible that the facts alleged by the defendant could result in disqualification, I think an evidentiary hearing must occur to establish the record on those core allegations. What it boils down to is this. This is it's a lot of legalese, I know. What it boils down to is this, is that you know, Fannie Willis wanted to get into the spotlight. She wanted to stop Trump, and she wanted to get into the spotlight. Here's the thing. You get yourself into the spotlight, and it comes with a lot of scrutiny that you might not have wanted, right? She's the one who turned a bright light on herself, and Georgia, she wanted to get into the middle of this, and she wanted to be the one to bring down Donald Trump, and she, I think she was so blinded by that. She ran on that very premise. You know that, right? I mean, she she promised she was going to get Trump. That was her campaign promise. So you shine that bright light then on yourself. You better have conducted yourself in a way that can withstand the scrutiny. And it certainly appears that Fannie Willis can't. She can't. She can't withstand that scrutiny. She's involved in this relationship with Nathan Wade. He's the guy who's prosecuting the Trump case. Gifts and trips and all kinds of business that was ongoing. So, (laughs) The wheels are coming off, baby. The wheels are coming off. Certainly appears that way. The judge said the issues are whether a relationship existed, whether that relationship was romantic or non-romantic in nature, when it formed, and whether it continues. And that's only relevant because it's in combination with the question of the existence and extent of any personal benefit conveyed as a result of the relationship. (laughs) So, now, according to Georgia law, in order for a district attorney to be forcibly removed from the case, this is what you have to prove. You've got to prove there was a conflict of interest. So, could Fannie Willis be removed? I don't know. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a legal mind. I'm just a common sense guy. I just look at things from the perspective of common sense. But I wanted this is the judge's comments and what Georgia law says certainly appears like the wheels are coming off. Now, I'm not, I don't want, it, it appears that way. Whether or not that's going to happen, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But that is um, pretty re- uh, remarkable news. There were a couple of other stories that I wanted to touch on with you this morning. The Biden campaign. Did you see that the, the, this is the president's campaign for re-election? Biden 2024, campaign for re-election. The Biden administration has been very concerned. They've had national security concerns about the use of TikTok. Concerns about China and, you know, their involvement in TikTok and being on that platform. By the way, I am not on TikTok. I do not have any personal or work accounts on TikTok. I refuse to use it. I know some use it to try to get for promotional purposes. I will not. I and I do not. I do not have a TikTok account. With no plans of starting one. But the president's campaign for re-election has decided, hey, we've got to reach younger viewers, uh, younger Americans. Let's go on TikTok. So the president's reelection campaign, they're on TikTok. Now, after all of the conversation we have had about the dangers of TikTok, the Biden administration decides, yeah, let's get on there. And so this is causing concern. Now, as I was talking about earlier, I was talking about what Democrats are saying. I was talking about what left-leaning media like Axios is saying. And once again, now I want to go to what Democrats are saying. Democrat Senator Mark Warner says he's concerned about the national security implications he said i think we still need to find a way to follow india which is prohibited tiktok he said i'm a little worried about a mixed message so a number of republicans have been have been concerned about uh, tiktok and they they're uh, I think many of us would be criticizing the Biden administration and the Biden campaign anyway. White House spokesperson John Kirby said nothing's changed about the national security concerns. You know, from the perspective of the National Security Council about the use of TikTok on government devices, that policy is still in place. So, again, the Biden administration makes it as, what do we see? Rules for thee, but not for me. What do we see? You cannot use TikTok on any, you know, federal devices. You can't use it. But we're going to go on TikTok and try to get our message to voters. (laughs) Now, I'm used to the hypocrisy. Hypocrisy and Democrats, um, you could use those terms, you know, synonymously just goes hand in hand what you when you're talking about the Democrat Party you're gonna find hypocrisy and I think it's true of a number of politicians I don't want to put that all on Democrats number of politicians hypocrisy absolutely totally but this it just takes the cake so Senator Democratic Senator Mark Warner who is the chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, said he's concerned about this decision by the campaign of the president to go on TikTok, sends a mixed message. Well, no kidding. It's what Democrats always do. What have we been hearing? From uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. How many? The border is secure. The border is secure. The border is secure. Then suddenly it's, oh, no, no Congress has failed to fix the problem. <laughs> they wouldn't know the truth if it hit them right between the eyes like a fastball. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's uh, and it's frustrating, admittedly frustrating. But I think you um I think you and I the the difficulty for you and I is you know we've got to keep our good humor about us in the midst of all of this nonsense. So the Biden campaign said well they're taking advanced safety precautions around our devices. And in get a load of this, because this, this is just such, BS, I lo- it's such nonsense. They hope to lose you in all the words, and they love using big words. They love using big words to hide what they're doing. Uh, we're taking uh, advanced safety precautions around our devices, incorporating a sophisticated security protocol to ensure security. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It's a real sophisticated security protocol that they are, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I I believe that. (laughs) It's an absolute joke. And I think the hope is that you're going to get lost in, in, I mean, those who are actually paying attention to events, they're a hell of a lot smarter than that. You know, they are paying attention. They know what's going on. They see it. Whether it's uh, the hypocrisy of the Biden administration now deciding to join TikTok while publicly demeaning, damning TikTok. And rightfully so. I was on their side. So then you go, why is the campaign getting on TikTok? Because they're more concerned about getting reelected, we've got to we've got to be able to reach out for voter to young voters. And where are they? They're on TikTok. We got to go to the young voters. Politicians do what politicians do: lie to voters, and you can't do that any better uh, than on TikTok, apparently. <laughs>